Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And I'm starting a little early because I'm kind of excited. I am, I am uh, so frustrated by the media gods. Um, it is interesting how when you begin to speak against the cultural narrative, um, the social media gods must feel threatened or something, and they start to pull and throttle back. Um, but it is interesting. There are always ways around it. Um, we don't know how this happened, but last, um, last month, in the uh, past 28 days, on one of our pages, we had over 2 million accounts that we reached. 2 million. <laughs> now, it's not always like that. But, 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 but still, the more you, you just have to, you know what it is? I think you just have to push. You just have to keep going. You can't get scared and you can't stop talking about the things you believe because that's what people want um, that, are, that oppose you. And um, I actually am learning to read comments and I just read by them. And you, know, you realize there are people who are very angry out there. People who are very mad, there's people who are jealous. Um, there's people who are frustrated. Um, I think there's a lot of people in Oregon and in places like Oregon that are just if they're just as frustrated with being locked down. I know you're not locked down now, but I heard that you're even being asked to put masks on inside, not mandated, but asked. Um, come on. <laughs> That's great. That's interesting. No, but I don't see that anywhere in Montana or Idaho. So, but, but even to talk about this in culture today causes the social media guys to try to throttle back on what you do. And so you, you, in life, when things get like that, you pivot, you move, you change. So one of the things we're changing is Bill London is going to be doing a news wrap up every week. He won't be on every single show. He's going to be doing a news wrap um, once a week uh, to tell you what's going on. The news that you're not going to hear on KECI, KVAL, KMTR, Registered Guard, The Oregonian, KATU, KGW. Um, you know, they're all rip and reading off the wire and whatever sounds good, that's what they're going to do. So we're going to bring that to you. And then we're going to bring longer format interviews because um, we've got a lot of clients. Uh, we want to get their word out for you. What you can do for me is share this right now on your page so other people see it. Tonight, we got some really cool stuff going for you. Um, let me put the open on and then I'm going to get to uh, kind of telling you what's coming up. Okay, so hold on. Stay with me. What's up with this? That's what I don't understand. Bring the lion out. Bring the, bring the lion. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have... Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? Yeah, there's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun is because... We'll see you at five. So we want to thank our sponsors, Chris Daniel Family Dentistry, without Michael Bratlin, my dear friend and my dentist, um, this wouldn't be possible. He is very supportive of open conversation, um, all voices being heard. Um, he honestly and truly believes that your choices are your choices, and it's none of his business uh, what kind of choices you make. Huh. Do you remember how that used to be? When people didn't pay attention, I was going through because a friend came and stayed with us um, over the last night. And I was kind of going through looking for an old picture of him and myself and start seeing all these people. And some of these are people that were friends of mine and we're not speaking now because of the reaction 
for the last two years of all the stuff that went on. And when I became vocal about it, um, you know, you lose people that way because they, I, I don't know why, I don't understand that. I mean, I grew up in a family where you, you, you had confrontation, you talked about things and then you walked away and you, you know, had dinner together or whatever it was. My dad used to be with the Oregon Education Association. He'd go argue with school board members and really argue. And then afterwards they all go out to dinner together. Well, people don't do that anymore. Um, Everybody wants to be at each other's throat. And it's either, you know, I, I had a quote the other day that said, um, it's better to be wise than to be right. And I think too many people want to be right um, and not enough people want to be wise. So maybe we need a little more wisdom in our culture. Um, our sponsor, other sponsors, Derek Roser from Roser Real Estate Group. And every Tuesday they do Talk With Tuesday and watch what we got somebody new. We got a cuter than Derek, watch this. Hey guys, Casey here with Rosa Real Estate Group on our weekly taco tour. Today's stop is Lupita's Tacos off River Road. I am trying out their carne asada taco. Mm, mm, oh, mm. that was good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to give you today's market stats in Eugene and Springfield. In Springfield, we have 81 active listings and 131 active listings in Eugene. If you're looking to buy or sell, please contact our team. We're happy to help. All right, and we're happy that they're on board with us. Isn't she nice? Do you like her fingernails? That would be really cool for me right now, that blue to go with my shirt, you know? Um, there are friends that I don't talk to anymore. Yeah, it's really sad, isn't it, um, Anna? It's very sad. Um, but. I'm also one of those people that's like, I'm not going to change what I think to make people happy. I can't do that anymore. Um, another sponsor we have, and we're going to, the other, another thing we're going to have, so Bill's going to come on and do his, <clears throat> his news. And then I looked up an old um, interview that I did with Betsy Johnson. Right now we need to be online going, go Betsy, go and go on there and sign her paper. She needs signatures in order to get on the ballot. And so we need to be helping her, but I'm gonna play a long interview with her as well um, in just a couple of minutes. But I wanna introduce you to one more friend of mine and then we'll get to the news. And then Bratlin will be up in a little bit with something. So um, this is uh, Lonnie Woodruff with uh, Transworld Business Advisors. And if you're looking to change your life and do something different, he can help watch. And uh, some people confuse that with like uh, commercial real estate and other things. But uh, yeah, uh, businesses want to buy and sell. So it's, uh, it could be clothing stores, plumbing companies, uh, excavation companies, all industries, all sizes. And that's, that's what I do. I help dreams come true, help people transition into becoming their own boss by buying a business or help them retire. If they build a business over 30, 40 years and want an exit plan i help him with that as well he to cover his yeah so rick i uh you know long uh introduced introduced me to uh, a business opportunity but i started out in my uh oh, working wow. career working for uh, nabisco everybody loves oreos it's a great product and and i uh, did that for 23 years um but as you stated we we you know we have one uh, trip on this on this rock and, and i want to mix it up and lonnie you know has plenty of opportunities out there um and he presented me with one and and i uh, i liked it and i did my research and looked into it and we're super excited to that we made the change and and uh it's just it's been fun you know mixing it up and, and kind of having a rebirth in life um as i as i travel through my own so it's uh it's a lot of fun so i didn't mean to put that logo over lonnie's face he's not in the witness protection program i that was just me being a bad editor <laughs> 
Sorry, Lonnie. But as you can see, Lonnie helps people find new ways to make a living and sell your business if you're going to be selling it. Uh, he can help you do all that stuff. Um, now let's check in with Bill because he's got some great information for us. This is your weekly wrap with Bill London and the, the only real newsman left in Lane County. Business broker number fishing shirt day. I'm Bill London, host of the Wake Up Call, 6 a.m. to 9 on News Radio, 1120 a.m. KPNW. And here I am getting real with Rick. And I'm brought to you by Dr. Michael Bratland. He just dropped me off a little bit ago, had me in the trunk, brought me out, rolled me up there in the dolly, and here I am. Anyway, here's a look at some of the stories that uh, we are following. We're going to start off with this because it's just one more example of Oregon's get soft on crime approach. So a man diagnosed with schizophrenia who went on a rampage seven years ago in Eugene, killing his father and two others, is being released by the Psychiatric Security Review Board into a residential house in Woodburn. Now, this was announced by the Lane County District Attorney. Back in November of 2015, hopping into the Wayback Machine, Michael Bryant killed his father, tried to beat his mother to death with a baseball bat, striking her in the head multiple times. Then he lit their house on fire. The mom survived. She crawled to a home next door where a neighbor called police. Well, in the meantime, before police arrived, Bryant stole the family car and intentionally ran over two people, killing them, one in Springfield and one in Eugene, and then severely injured a yet another pedestrian. And Bryant, for his part, when asked by authorities why he did it, reportedly said, well, those people were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Nice guy. So Bryant has been in the Oregon State Hospital since the incident. During a recent Psychiatric Security Review Board to determine if he could be released under certain conditions, the Lane County DA and surviving family members made oral and written statements arguing, don't let this guy go. But of course, the PSRB decided to grant Bryant conditional release to an unsecured recovery home in Woodburn. Although the PSRB says, well, we'll still have jurisdiction over Bryant because, well, he was found guilty except for insanity. Patty Perlow, the Lane County DA, says the Woodburn home is not only less secure than the Oregon State Hospital facility, but he can also be considered for unaccompanied outings into the community. Well, that'll make the people of Woodburn feel real safe and warm and fuzzy. Perlow calls the prospect of Bryant entering back into the community nothing short of terrifying and says the decision demonstrates the lack of empathy for the victims and a disregard for public safety. To which I say, welcome to Oregon. All right, so couple of initiative petitions look like they're going to make it onto the ballot. Let's talk about both of them. Supporters of an anti-gun ballot initiative say they've gathered more than enough signatures to guarantee a statewide vote on a law that would require licenses for all gun owners. Hundreds of volunteers for initiative petition 17 are still collecting the signatures and can until Tuesday night next week and then deliver them to the Secretary of State's elections division. 
as of this week. They estimated they had collected 140,000 signatures, well above the 112,000 needed to make it to the ballot and ensure a comfortable buffer in case some of those signatures aren't valid. The measure would require, before you could buy a gun, not only a complete background check, but you wouldn't be able to get the gun no matter how long the background check takes. You would also have to pass a firearm safety training to obtain a permit before you could buy a gun. It would not apply to current firearm owners unless they purchase additional weapons after the law takes effect. The measure would also prohibit the sale of magazines that contain more than 10 rounds, though people who already own large magazines could only use them on their property while hunting or at a shooting range. The initiative would not ban what are called assault-style weapons, even though that is something that has been created by anti-gun advocates. The petitioners, though, say they're going to work on that when the legislature gets back in session so they can ban them in 2023. Also, Oregon voters will have a chance to change the Constitution this November in order to discourage legislative walkouts that have become prominent in state politics over the last couple of years. State election officials Tuesday said that an effort to prevent the tactic has now qualified for the general election ballot after supporters submitted their signatures in late May. They found that the petition included 155,000 valid signatures, roughly 84% of the signatures submitted, and more than the 149,000 necessary to qualify. It is nicknamed Legislative Accountability One by supporters. The proposal, drummed up by Democratic-leaning labor unions, is meant to severely curtail the ability of the minority party to freeze legislative action by walking out of the Capitol, as the Republicans did in 2019 and 2020. Under quorum rules set out by the state constitution, two-thirds of the legislative chamber's lawmakers have to be present for them to take votes and conduct business. Now, both parties have employed legislative walkouts to achieve their aims in the last couple of decades. Like Democrats, under the leadership of then-House Leader Kate Brown, abandoned the Capitol in 2001 amid a political skirmish over redistricting. Now, with Republicans holding minority status, the GOP has used it a couple of times. The state's powerful public sector unions are attempting to counteract the tactic by threatening the political future of any lawmaker who participates in an extended walkout. Oregon's three largest unions so far have spent more than $1.5 million since last year to put that measure on the ballot, with most of that money going to petition circulators. Because of the proposal's reliance on unexcused absences, the measure would also place a lot of power in the hands of the Speaker of the House and the Senate President, the two presiding officers who decide whether or not a lawmaker's absence is excused. Oh, you can darn well bet that is going to be used for things other than walkouts. Give them the power and they will use it and abuse it. It's kind of like a law. Well, environmental and conservation groups are going to sue the U.S. Bureau of Land Management to stop logging plans on a paltry 17,000 acres of Oregon forests 
They say, oh, it's to protect coastal martins. The radical environmental groups filed a notice of intent to sue yesterday, indicating a pending Endangered Species Act lawsuit challenging BLM allowing logging in southern Oregon as part of forest thinning efforts. You know, to prevent things like forest fires that destroy hundreds of thousands of acres. The lawsuit would be brought within 60 days of the precursor notice to the Biden administration. The Bureau's plan would remove 17,000 acres of forest from what are called late successional reserves in southern Oregon. Quinn Reed, Oregon Policy Director for Center for Biological Diversity, says, quote, these agencies will find any excuse to cut down trees, even if it means devastating Oregon's beautiful wildlife reserves. The region is in the midst of a severe drought and has had a spate of major wildfires, mostly caused by forest mismanagement and a lack of maintaining forests, which is what the BLM wants to do. The program is slated to run for 10 years. Conservation groups also worry about the impacts of reducing tree canopies, the ones that burn in these huge wildfires we've seen. The federal agency has yet to comment. Well, this is fun. Voters in Multnomah County are going to see a ballot measure this November that would extend voting rights to people who aren't legal U.S. citizens. Last month, a group tasked with reviewing Multnomah County's charter, which is kind of like their local constitution, unanimously recommended adding language that would extend voting rights to people who are not even citizens of the United States. If the vote passes, if the voters pass the measure, Multnomah County would be the first jurisdiction in Oregon to grant the right to vote in local elections to essentially non-citizen illegal aliens or even non-citizens here legally. The county would be one of only a handful of jurisdictions in the entire nation that allows non-citizens to vote. 11 cities in Maryland, two in Vermont, and San Francisco currently allow voting by non-citizens. They say that they're going to use broad language, which says that the, the county shall extend the right to vote for county officers and measures to the fullest extent allowed by law. Now, one jurisdiction tried extending voting rights to non-citizens. That was New York City, and that was crushed by a court ruling. A New York State Supreme Court struck down the measure saying it violated the state's constitution. Oh, you know all those OSHA workplace fines because of Governor Kate Brown's COVID mandates that essentially crippled businesses around the states? Well, they issued at least 48 fines totaling more than $900,000 since the start of the pandemic to Oregon businesses they say intentionally violated COVID safety restrictions. Those employers so far have ponied up $15,000, totaling less than 1.7% of the amount that they were collectively fined. However, Oregon OSHA, which became Governor Kate Brown's personal attack dog, claims businesses that intentionally flouted COVID-19 parenthetical safety restrictions almost invariably appealed their citations, and that process can take up to 30 months. 
Historically, more than 40% of Oregon OSHA fines have been amended on appeal. That means many of the businesses that the state says committed the most egregious violations will be able to delay their fines for several years and could end up paying significantly reduced penalties after their appeals are resolved. In fact, of the 48 citations issued by Oregon OSHA for willful COVID violations, 42 are right now in the appeals process. And that's my phone. And I'm going to make my phone shut up. Anyway, that said, only six have become final orders out of the 48, and at least two other businesses fined for willful violations. Forge Coffee in Medford and Country Bakery in Halsey have had their citations transferred to the Oregon Department of Revenue after they missed multiple deadlines to begin payments to Oregon OSHA. And this last one I bring up just simply because there's a certain amount of irony in it. Are you familiar with the Oregon Country Fair? If you're not, it has returned now to Oregon for the first time since Democratic Governor Kate Brown shut down the state due to COVID restrictions in 2020. So if you're going to go to the Oregon Country Fair, and remember that was about counterculture. It was about doing this to the man. It was about standing up to the man. It was about flouting authority and being free and not following all of societal rules. Well, if you want to get into the Oregon Country Fair as a worker, you have to be vaccinated. And as a visitor, you have to show your vaccination card or a negative test from the day before. They also want you to wear a mask and social distance. Oh, how far the counterculture has fallen. All right, that's it. Thank you, Dr. Michael Bratland, for bringing us this news of the day. And now, Rick, roll out your reel. Thanks, Bill. Wow. So much to talk about. Um, can you believe that? Why would you give a non-citizen the right to vote in Oregon? That doesn't make any sense. And I have nothing against non-citizens, but you're not a citizen. So why would you have the right to vote in on what goes on here? That is absolutely insane. And I do love Bill's comment that I'm telling you, the counterculture is now um, anybody who asks questions or, 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 or goes against the grain and the, what used to be the counterculture has now become the Republican Party and the Republicans have become the counterculture. <laughs> and all of us in the middle are just going, Whoa. it's absolutely insanity. I mean, all that stuff he's talking about, it's, it just makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. If people sat down, you know how sometimes I think people are just blinded by their own, by, by what they want to feel. That is just insanity. So because I don't want to leave you sitting here like this in this world of, you know, of a non-reality, we're going to do something really fun. I have an interview I did with Betsy Johnson, who's running for governor. Uh, she needs signatures right now. So go to go Betsy go when we're done and uh, sign the petition to get her on the ballot. Uh, she's your only hope, Oregon, honestly. Um, but I want you to listen to this conversation because she's blunt, she's real, she's not Kate Brown, she's not all these counterculture, follow the leader, you know, do whatever they say, just don't make waves, you know, we need to make some waves. Um, and this is sponsored by Dr. Michael Bratlin. So let's put him first and then I'll jump into her. So hang on, this is what he had to say. 
it's never good to have too far to the right and too far to the left. I think it's always, that, it, it, and, and, and that's why like, you know, the Betsy Johnson, you know, I, I, I'm paying for one of her boards to be up. Uh, I don't believe in everything she, her, her, everything that she has voted on, but I, I think she's a good hearted person. And she yeah. believes she believes that she believes uh, that she can work with Republicans and Democrats. And I think that's what we need more of people that are willing to work, actually, to be in, be in power and, and not just go extreme to the right, or extreme to the left, but something that's willing to kind of work with everybody. And she is. That's why yeah. I like her. Well, she and she I think she loves Oregon and she yeah, wants she does. to she doesn't want to be governor. She wants to lead the state. And that's a big difference. There's a lot of people who want to be governor. Um, yeah, Brown. And, and, and I'm going to say this too, Rick. Sorry, is you know I don't know a lot about the Republican Republican candidate, and and I probably you know I'll, I'll know more later on. But right now, I really do like Betsy Johnson. She's just a good-hearted person yeah. that is sincere and, and and wants to see less crime, wants to see less uh, uh, homeless. She wants to take care of the homeless problem, and uh, and she she believes in gun rights, and so and I think she's a good person. Betsy Johnson. Uh, do I do we still call you senator because you were a senator? Do you still get to keep that title? Well, let's put it this way: I called Senator Hatfield Senator Hatfield until the last day I saw him. But I don't want to pretend that I'm something I'm not. I think it may pertain to the United States Senate, but maybe not so much Oregon. Before we start, can I just comment on your advertisers? Yes, Buck Sanitary. I just love. Um, I wish I'd known about them kind of porta potties when I got married. We just had the blue ones. Uh, and uh, all painted up pretty like that. And the mobile showers, in all seriousness, if Buck Sanitary has about 5,000 of those, send them to Portland. Uh, we got people that need showers all over this city. So those are very cool advertisers. And I love Chris Dental. So uh, you got great advertisers. Yeah. And Chris has donated to your campaign because he's just, uh, Michael has, because he just loves what you're doing. He just, he, every time we talk about you, Betsy, he goes, I just love her. Because we well, had you last time, and a lot of people got really, really into um, what you were talking about. Because you're just, you're just off the cuff. You just do, you you say it like it is, and I think that's what we need in politics in Oregon, don't you? Oh, I do. And his message could not be more spot on right now. I mean, it, it's one thing to just say screw it. I'm, I, and I'm not casting aspersions on anybody because some people have a, a worse tolerance point. But God, if the good people, if the dentists, if the entrepreneurs, if the inventors, if the manufacturers all give up on our state, we're just screwed. Yeah. And so I don't want that dentist to leave our state. We, we need people like that here. And I hope to God, if I get elected governor, that I can turn around those folks that are saying Idaho or Montana or Tennessee or wherever. I'll just anecdotally tell you, I've had two windows broken in downtown Portland in successive weeks. And I took my car to the Glacier and she said, this may be the last time that I work on your rig. She's taken care of my husband's company cars forever. And I said, why? And she said, we're sick of it. We're going to Tennessee. So it was sort of a double blow. First of all, my car window gets broken out. And second of all, a very competent Glacier is going to give up on us. I, I, that's one of the reasons I'm running. Bush says you want to incentivize uh, get small business to stay in Oregon and stop taxing the hell out of them. Stop taxing the hell out of them. Stop regulating them. Stop acting like they're the enemy. I had the opportunity to talk with a very high uh, intel official. And at the uh, during the course of the meeting, the question came up, could anything have been done to stop the intel flight of 
part of their operation to Ohio? And the answer was answer the damn phone. Find out what the customer wants. Have a governor that acts like it matters that our largest employer is decamping across the country. That never happened. And that so, would change. If I'm your governor, that changes. So, Bessie, one of the things on your list that I love, it's Betsy Johnson, put the people back in charge. You yep. really believe that, don't you? Oh, I do. I do. Particularly, um, we're going to Eastern Oregon uh, on Friday night. Those guys have felt disrespected, ignored, abused for way too long. And every time I go over there, I hear the same story. This governor, hopefully Governor Johnson, knows that there's Oregon east of Bend and south of Eugene. I've flown at my own expense um, east, or, uh, urban legislators over to Eastern Oregon, <coughs> excuse me, to walk around on the ground, to talk to farmers' wives about why they won't let their kids out at dusk for fear of wolves. Um, I grew up in rural Oregon. It was rural then, not so much now. I've represented a rural place and I want to convince um, people that they still matter in this state. Their voice can be heard and they can make a difference in their government and government isn't going to just keep jamming stuff up their nose. So one of your to-do lists is in the state COVID mandates for businesses, schools, and government workers. Explain. Well, I, I think that the way we handled COVID was just uh, wrong. Kate Brown has been everywhere on COVID, nowhere on Portland. And um, and so the, they're backing off the mask mandates now. But I think that the bureaucratic swagger that state agencies march through businesses with OSHA, uh, Oregon Occupational and Health Administration, walking through with the Oregon Liquor Control Commission, threatening people's licenses. Um, we we should we should have worked with them and not like the, the the nanny state telling them how to run their business. Uh, the best case that I can think of is that the governor had told restaurants that they would be allowed to open for a certain weekend. I forget the date. And all the restaurateurs went out and bought libations and comestibles and were ready for the first big weekend in a long time. And that Thursday, Kate said, no. What do you do with 50 pounds of crab legs? Right. I mean, it's highly perishable. I'm making this up. I, I don't know that anybody had 50 pounds of crab legs, but I'm using crab to make a point. Highly perishable, very expensive commodity. And I asked repeatedly, was there a restaurateur in the room who could give the on-the-ground response to, uh, to what is going to happen if you just arbitrarily shut this down? I never got a straight answer. Betsy, what should happen to all these state employees who were fired or let go because they wouldn't get the vaccine now that this thing's at, to, at a different point. And, Give them and back their damn job. I mean, I found it incomprehensible that uh, I'll use ODOT snowplow drivers forced to get vaccines. Some of them said I won't. They were terminated. And then everybody acts surprised that there's snow in the pass and the pass is impassable. Yeah. So Alan Thayer, Alan Thayer says, Alan Thayer says, should those of us that vote in the GOP or Democratic primaries write Bessie in for governor? Absolutely. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. Well, in, in all seriousness, in my last Senate race, I, uh, I was the Republican. I um, uh, uh, won the Democrat nomination. I won the Republican nomination and I won the Independent Party nomination. Uh, and I won with 83 percent of the vote. So I am delighted to have you write me in. With summer coming, what about the potential for fires due to poor force management and how to turn that around? 
Sure. Let me just start with a little bit of history to establish my own bona fides. I believe, but I don't know for a certainty, but I believe that I was the first woman in the United States to be certified to have a water bucket under a helicopter. And I remember this pretty vividly. I was a commercial helicopter pilot for 20 years. I remember this vividly because the, ins the inspector, the FAA check pilot that was supposed to ride with me here in Oregon wouldn't because I was a girl. So they had to send a check pilot up from California. So I owned a helicopter company that fought fires. I've packed a house twice for fire. I've been out on the fire lines. Um, my parents and I allowed our meadow to be used as a hell attack base with my mother running around serving cocoa and coffee in the morning to all the firefighters and the hell attack crews. So I understand fire. Fire has been an absolute scourge in this state and along with it, the smoke. But if there weren't the fires, there wouldn't be the smoke. I think the first step is managing our forests better, which means cutting, thinning, actually getting into the woods and treating them not just like a park that can just grow, but actually managing them. Using the bully pulpit of the governor's office to hector the federal government to be better stewards of their property and to take better care of their assets. Hit initial attack um, with, with fire just as hard as we possibly can. Oregon has a well-earned uh, reputation for initial attack, which means you come in and you get the fire immediately while it's still 10 acres or less. You don't wait like the feds do and do an environmental impact statement, all the rest of this, and the fire's 45,000 uh, acres before they start doing anything. And so we need the right assets on the ground. We need them to be properly trained prior to fire season, employ the National Guard if we need to, have the right air assets, have the right ground assets, make the feds work with us uh, on managing the forest and getting this tinder dry situation shaped up so that we're not faced with the kind of conflagration that we have. So Katie Jean says, I fear Betsy Johnson is just a liberal that has been listening to rural Oregon. We will, will she really be better than shit brown Kate? Is her stance ch changing because she knows it's the only way she might have a chance? Let me answer those backwards. Um, my core values have not changed at all. Um, I decided to run untethered by political ideology because I think the political parties are part of the problem, both in our local situation here in Oregon, as well as nationally. And so um, I've been a Republican, I've been a Democrat, and now I'm electing to run non-affiliated. I have found it really um, liberating to not have to toady the ideology of my party. I mean, when you're part of the team, you ride for the team. And uh, as soon as I shed that orthodoxy, I'm now free to turn to the people of Oregon and say, I need only to be loyal um, to you, the citizens of Oregon, and I will come on to the ballot through the power of people's signatures. So um, the real answer is the core Betsy hasn't hasn't changed. Unfortunately, the first part of that question got away because I chose to answer them backwards. Help. Hold on, I'll get it. The first part is she, they fear you're just oh. a liberal in sheep's clothing. No, I, I grew up in Redmond. Um, I was born in Bend because there was no hospital. When I grew up, Redmond had a, hardly any population at all. It's not rural anymore. Um, all the good things in my life came from my father being in the timber business. I've represented Tillamook, Clats of Columbia, 
counties that are rural counties, uh, natural resource economies. I have gotten heavy support and endorsements from the timber industry, aggregate construction. Uh, I live in rural Oregon, uh, getting less so all the time as people flee Portland. But um, I, I will reject the notion that somehow I, I'm just parroting the, the rural Oregon line. Um, no, because I'll tell you from my experience with you, you say what you believe. And so you're not, you're not, you still have some, some liberal ideas. Those are who you are. And, but yeah. you're, you're also, you're the first person I've heard say that I'm running for governor to serve Oregon, <clears throat> not to be governor. And I think a lot of people want to be governor, but you, I think you really do want to serve Oregon. I do. And I, if you went to any of my former colleagues in the legislature, they would tell you that my office is famous for constituent services. We never asked whether or not, is, is this a Republican problem or a Democrat problem? It was, it's an Oregonian's problem. And more to the point, it's an Oregonian lives in Senate District 16, and we're going to do our goddamnedest to fix your problem. And you have not always been one of the most popular people with your own party. <laughs> uh, that would be correct, Mr. Dancer. I'm not going to win Miss Congeniality. I bucked them on a couple of their really big initiatives, none the least of which was cap and trade. Um, I was one of the people that stopped that and managed to, to earn the, um, uh, the, the title climate denier, which is just bullshit. I mean, I know that there are issues that are uh, affecting our climate, but I, I didn't win any popularity awards by doing that. Um, I, I, I'm pro two-way. That doesn't sit well with my guys. So I reject the notion that I just decided opportunistically to parrot rural Oregon. Uh, you don't learn to speak rural Oregon with the fluency that I do unless you live there, you work there, you meet the people that live and work there. I, so I hope that answers your caller's question. Would you lock down the state again with mandates due to another pandemic? No. What would you do? Well, I think uh, this locking down, I'm not sure, was justified by anybody. Um, the CDC's changed its mind a half a dozen times. Every time somebody got on the TV, whether it was Dr. Fauci or it was Pat Allen, we got different uh, scientific advice about what was going on. Watching people wear masks and deploy masks, I'm not sure that they were efficacious when you can see the gaps in the sides here. Um, I, I certainly would not lock down the state again under any circumstances. You can take prudent precautionary. You know, I sure wash my hands a lot more than I used to. I got one of those little squirty bottle things in my car. Um, but locking us down and ruining our economy and torturing our kids for two years with social and emotional and academic growth that they may never get back, I think was the biggest blunder we made. So the answer is without equivocation, no. I, when I first <clears throat> talked to you and you said, you know, Rick, I'm going to run. And, and I hope, I, I think it's okay to talk to say this guy. I don't have any problem with it, but um, yeah, what are you going to do? Right. You're, you're just going to join me. But you said one of the main reasons you were running is because it scared the hell out of you. If, if Tina Kotek won. That is still a motivator. Uh, as, as a native daughter of a state I love, I am not gonna just sit by and surrender the state to Tina Kotek and the very liberal ideology that has been the one party philosophy in the Oregon legislature for the last 40 years. 
Um, I could have easily gotten reelected to my Senate seat. People used to ask me if I'm going to run for governor. And my standard answer was, I'd rather throw myself in a wood chipper. And finally, as people kept saying to me, are you going to just let this go? Are you just going to surrender this to Tina and watch how far down in a hole you can drive your beloved Oregon? And I finally said, no, you know, at my age and with a 20 year voting record tailing me around like a, you know, like a, I don't know even what I'm dragging around 20 years worth of votes. I may seem an improbable messenger for big, bold change in this state, but that's exactly who I am. And that's exactly what I am. At my age, I'm not looking at my yet next U.S. Senate seat. I want to get elected governor to fix shit and to do shit because what we've got going now is is just unacceptable. Too many people, Rick Dancer, are giving up on our state and leaving us. And when our certified smart guys and our entrepreneurs and our manufacturers and our innovators pack up their U-Hauls and drive to Tennessee, we're screwed. Right. So I'm going to give it one last try. We're working like crazy to elect me. We're doing it the hard way. I'm not going to have any of the underpinning that the traditional D's and R's have. You know this from your exposure to, to politics for as long as you were in the arena. Um, I won't have the National Governors Association. Um, I'm going to rely on people and they've got to believe that I've got their back. I've been their voice down in Salem. Um, I, if Ways and Means hadn't had me in the room the last, I don't know, five or six sessions, um, the place would have looked vastly different. Um, I'm just, I'm not going to give up without a fight. And so that's. Well, maybe someday you'll be governor of Oregon. I'll be governor of Montana. Cool. Cool. You never know. So, um, Betsy, we, could some, we could do some good work together as opposed to Kate deciding she has to walk in lockstep with Inslee and, uh, and Mr. French Laundry down there in California. Uh, we could do the Montana, uh, Oregon Alliance and get some shit done. It'd be dangerous, wouldn't we? <laughs> so, I guess my hair do so I look cooler like you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got the glasses going, so you'll be the big glasses and I'll have the big hair and the beard. Cool. So, so Betsy, um, how do people help? So you're not in the primary, so people understand you will not be on the ballot. You, so what happens after the primary, then you, June 1st, you get to go start writing out. And that's when people need to sign those those sheets because you have to get 25,000. Is that right? Or well, I, we got to get a lot more than that, Rick. And you know this. How many um, guys we, we have to get by Shamia Fagan, our very um, uh, liberal secretary of state. She will be looking for reasons to disallow signatures. And I don't mean to be blasphemous, but I was joking with somebody. I think the baby Jesus could sign one of my petitions and she'd be looking for a reason to get rid of me. So we're going to have to get a whole lot more signatures. We're going to have state or uh, county organizations in every one of the counties, the Betsy Brigade. They're going to help us organize throughout all of Oregon. Uh, I'm going to ask people to go to runbetsyrun.com and sign up. You can ask for swag. You can get a petition. You can get a lawn sign. Um, you can get all that stuff. We can't start circulating petitions until June the 1st. And then we will need to get 25,000 times five, six in order to make sure that there's no funny business in the Secretary of State's office with disallowing signatures. Well, I'm picking up a lot of volunteers for you here right now, Betsy. They're all wanting you. 
Cool. Well, we're going to get a copy of this and pick up their names. If they would go to runbetsyrun.com and indicate that they'd be willing to be a, a, a community um, leader or a county leader, the Betsy Brigade is going to be everywhere. And we'll have a regular line of communication to tell people how to gather the signatures so that it's legal. We've made the system very complicated now. And we want to make sure that people, when they're signing, know that their signature counts and know that it won't be disallowed for some trivial reason. Well, another thing we should tell viewers, too, is you do have the most money because you're getting I, it from both sides. People, you, you, they're drawn to your that's what everybody on here is saying is that you're you're real. And that's what I've always known about you is you're you know, for the first time I met you is you you tell it like it is. And it's not always like I want to hear it, but you tell it like it is. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm sure your husband could tell us a lot of stories. No, don't. No, 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 no. That's that's off limits. Uh, he's got as somebody said that the definition of friendship is mutual vulnerability so that you don't get to talk to him. Um, <laughs> but one thing that I'm really proud of is that if you look at our donations, they're from Oregon companies. They're from the companies that have created the jobs and opportunity for the people that I'm honored and, and privileged to represent. Mr. Kristoff, and I'm, I'm not knocking him, but he had a lot of national people. Uh, you know, Angelina Jolie is not gonna write me a check. Um, <laughs> but we've got Oregon companies that are um, supporting me. There are a lot of natural resource to speak to the question of whether I'm just faking rural. Um, we've got a lot of natural resource companies that know that they would have a friend in the governor's office um, if they were fishing, logging, hunting, mining gravel, paving asphalt roads. They would have an open door in Governor Johnson's administration. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for being on here and spending your time. I know you got something you got to do at 530. So I want to make sure I get you out of here in time. I bet you're a busy woman. I am a little busier than I anticipated I would be when I pulled the pin out of the grenade that is my life. Um, I hope you have me back. I would love to share with your viewers how the campaign is going, what we're doing. We're coming up on TV to do our first set of, um, of ads. All of us in public life uh, um, think everybody knows who we are. They don't. And so we're doing um, some introductory advertising. Uh, advertisements and television. We filmed them last week in Astoria. And uh, then I'm going to steal my husband's airplane and fly all over the state. I want to meet Oregonians where they live and work, not just, you know, call it in from Salem, call it in from Eugene, call it in from Portland. So any place that's long enough and flat enough to land a 690 Aero Commander, we're going to be out there talking to people where they live and where they work and finding out what they need rather than having Salem tell them. All right. <clears throat> Betsy Johnson, candidate for governor in Oregon. And anytime we can do anything for you, I will do it. You let me know, okay? I just have to add one thing, just because I think of you when I talk about it. I know how close you were to the Hatfields. Yeah. And I went down to see Jerry Frank, the last unaffiliated governor who won in Oregon was Julius Meyer, who was Jerry's uncle. And the last time I talked to Jerry, right before he died, he took my hand and he said, if Uncle Julius can do it, so can you. And I said, you're goddamn right I can. So <laughs> I'm doing this one for Jerry. Yeah, Mark Hatfield would be so proud of you, wouldn't he? 
Well, I see Mrs. Hatfield from time to time. I hope they, I, I hope Senator Hatfield would be. I really oh, do. I admire him enormously. Oh, yeah. And you helped us with that documentary, and uh, it's just been a friendship ever since. All right, right Betsy. Okay, I'll see you later. So that's Betsy Johnson. Um, isn't she awesome? Yeah, that's the real deal. And and she is the real deal. Um, don't you feel better <laughs> knowing that there's politicians in Oregon like that? Man, my prayer for you, Oregon, is that you will see the light, that you will stop um, repeating the same mistakes that you've made for decades, um, that you will um, realize that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, you don't always have to agree with every position someone takes, um, but if you keep <clears throat> issue voting and go, well, she doesn't, I don't agree with her because of her stand on this or that. <clears throat> if you keep doing that, you're going to end up with Tina Kotek <clears throat> and you're going to end up in the same situation you are in right now. Um, so I pray to God that you will get on there and sign the signature page and give her a shot. <clears throat> because I'll tell you what, you don't got anything else going for you right now. And you need someone to put the people in charge again. And I will guarantee you, Betsy will put the people in charge. Um, so um, get involved. Don't sit here and talk about all the bad things. And if Willamette Week and others are doing things to, to shun her, that means she's on the right track. When people come against you, did you know? I mean, when people start coming against you, it means you're doing the right thing. So push, you know? I mean, come on. You guys, you're Oregonians. You got this. I know I left. I couldn't take it anymore. And neither did my wife. But I still love the place. And I love you guys. And I want the best for you. And I'd be nothing better than me sitting in Montana, watching the TV and hearing Betsy Johnson is the next governor of Oregon. That would be the best gift in the world to you and to me. So share this on your page. Let other people see what's going on. And um, we will be back on Monday uh, with a really interesting topic on schools and what's going on in Oregon behind the curtain that you don't get to see. Um, and um, and I've got a venue in Montana on Wednesday next week. I'm going to take you, introduce you to some former Oregonians who moved here, bought a wedding venue, and are fixing it up. But there's 15 of them in their family, and they all moved here. So we'll hear their story on Wednesday. All right. I'll talk to you later. Have a good evening. Share this on your page, please, because uh, it's two million people reached in <laughs> 28 days. Have a good night. <laughs>